This is A Prescription for Fair Drug Prices, a podcast by ICER, the Institute for Clinical and Economic Review. I'm your host, Jason Crowell, and I'm joined by Steve Pearson, president of ICER. Today, for the second episode in our series, we're going to discuss trade-offs. Hey, Steve, how are things going? I'm fine, Jason. How are you? Doing well. So we're back again today, this time to talk about trade-offs. Let's go ahead and dive in. As our audience will remember back in our first episode, we talked about financial toxicity, so the harmful effects that high-cost drugs can have on our patients, and we discussed that those consequences don't just affect our patients at the pharmacy who are purchasing the drugs, but they can actually affect all of us. Or, as we said in that episode, drug prices can poison the well. They impact our insurance premiums, and who can even get insurance in the first place? They impact our taxes that we pay. So we're probably viewing the problem too narrowly if we only think about the patient checking out of the pharmacy. So with that as background, today we're going to talk about the decisions that our patients have to make when they decide how to spend their money on the medications that we as their physicians are prescribing them. And this choice of deciding how to spend on one thing instead of another is commonly referred to as a trade-off. And this illustrates the second theme in our series, which is, here it comes. Like life, healthcare is an either or. So Steve, let's unpack this idea. When we say that healthcare is an either or, that's not referring to us here in the US, right? Don't we have the greatest healthcare system in the world? I thought that we pride ourselves in that we as patients here in the US can get any test we need, any procedure that's recommended, any drug that we need. Isn't, isn't that the case? Hey, you're absolutely right. Um, and you know, for many of us as clinicians in particular, we feel like we do work in the, in the best healthcare system in the world and we seem to have all the new technology, we have all of the specialists we need at our, at our kind of uh, fingertips. Um, and so in many ways it does function very well, especially obviously for patients who have good insurance. But no matter what, we actually do work in a system that has limited resources. We may not see them, but behind the scenes decisions are being made about how to allocate resources, manpower, time, etc., and even individual clinicians. Um, every single day, we even unconsciously make decisions around how much time we spend with some patients versus others when we have some in the waiting room. We always have limited time for ourselves and for our staff. So whether it's that or whether it's treatments or whether it's the big picture where we have limitations ultimately on how much money to spend in the healthcare system as a society, we really do have to make trade-offs and when we spend money on certain things, we have an opportunity cost where we're not spending them on others. Uh, hold up there. That's not familiar with me. You're going to have to, is, is opportunity cost the same thing as a trade-off or is that different? It's almost the same thing. Opportunity cost is a kind of a economist speak for the fact that when you make one choice, it means that you can't always do the other thing. If you uh, decide to go out uh, one evening, you're not going to be able to finish reading your book. Um, if we spend a lot of money on the theater tickets, we might not have enough left over for dessert afterwards. So it always just depends. But the opportunity cost means that when you're making choices, it almost always means that you're letting something else go or that by doing one thing, it actually prohibits you from being able to do the other thing. So that's why it's kind of termed a cost. Um, there is a cost, if you will, a negative cost. It's a choice what will you not be able to do by doing the thing that you do choose to do? So I can see how this would apply to spending on high-priced drugs because if we're spending a lot of money on high-priced drugs then we're not spending money on something else. Um, 
as you know, Steve, I'm a neurologist, so let's walk through a scenario that we in the neurology community uh, commonly encounter. So let's say I have a patient who's a 35-year-old woman, and she's recently been diagnosed with relapsing, remitting multiple sclerosis, and she's coming back to see me to discuss disease-modifying treatments, and so we go over the different options that are available to her, and I decide to prescribe her one of the oral disease-modifying treatments for relapsing, remitting MS, and then we quickly find out that it's actually going to require significant cost-sharing for her in the form of several hundred dollars over the course of a year. So first of all, just thinking about this individual patient, what are the trade-offs that she might face because of this? Well, again, as, as clinicians, we usually think about trade-offs in, in a clinical sense when we're thinking about a patient, um, one patient in particular. Um, and for that patient, it might be the trade-off between Oh, a drug that, um, as you said, it might offer the chance of better outcomes, but we know it has higher side effects. And that's a choice um, that patients and doctors will need to talk through. Um, and what's, what's interesting, we, we, we do think about all these clinical trade-offs, and in a sense we're doing that because we know there's an opportunity cost. What other drug we, or treatment course we do decide to take means that we haven't taken the other pathway, the other road, if you will. So. Interestingly, patients often think about these trade-offs as including money, too. And I know we're going to talk more about that, but ultimately, you know, we think about the clinical trade-offs, but at the same time that the patient is wrestling with side effects and benefits and what does my family think, what does my doctor think, they are often also wrestling with how much time will this take me to get this treatment, how much time away from work, how much money out of my pocket, how long does this treatment last, all these things become a maelstrom for them as they're trying to figure out all these trade-offs and the opportunity cost for them as individuals. Yeah, when we talk about this, I think one of the lessons for me um, as a physician is that really there's a big responsibility for me to be informing my patients as much as possible about potential benefits and potential side effects and the cost because it allows the patient really to determine the best trade-off for themselves in the most informed way possible. So for example, maybe I think it's really important to my patient that she take an oral disease-modifying treatment rather than an injectable just because of convenience of administration. But maybe the additional cost that that oral treatment incurs isn't really worth the benefit when compared to the injectable. So now Steve, we, we started by talking about how drug prices can poison the well. And what we mean there is that we all experience the consequences of these trade-offs, not just those patients that are purchasing the medications. And so what other trade-offs might be going on kind of behind the scenes that aren't readily apparent? Yeah, so let's, if we scale this up, again, thinking about our individual patient in the office and the trade-offs that, that they're wrestling with, um, let's move it up. And if we're talking about drugs and drug prices, the issue is that as the costs for healthcare go up, um, there are other trade-offs um, and opportunity costs that are, that are getting engaged. And, one that we're quite familiar with at the, society, at the kind of larger health system level is that as the costs of healthcare go up, so go up insurance premiums. And that's a trade-off, right? So we spend money today for the patients that we can see and treat, and that's, that's job one. But as we do so, as healthcare costs go up, what's happening is that you know, the trade-off is that we're driving up the cost of care for everybody to a certain extent. And the hidden opportunity cost of that is that we don't see the patients often who are 
foregoing care, who are deciding not to go to the you know, emergency room with that chest pain that day, or to you know, really skimp on their, uh, on their drugs and try to ration them out for longer so they don't have to get them every month. Um, and we often really don't see the patients and their families who decide, oh, I just, we can't afford health insurance this year. I have to switch insurer or just drop it or move into an insurance plan with such a high deductible that I really don't want to go to see a doctor ever. You know, those are the really important trade-offs that come along. And it's happening because the healthcare costs are growing faster than people's uh, wages. Um, insurance premiums for the average family here in the U.S., for instance, grew from around $6,000 a year to over $20,000 a year last year. And the rate of inflation would have pushed it up over that time period, maybe up to 9000 from 6000 So the rate of increase for our health care costs and the insurance premiums that have to match those are outstripping what people are taking home. And that creates an ever-growing tension and trade-off that we're forcing on more and more of our patients. So that means that individual patients and families are making, again, their own trade-off choices around what to do with their health care spending. But it also means that at the health system level, we're seeing patients, um, or actually not seeing them, sadly, when those health care costs drive them out of seeking the care that they really need. Okay, so that makes sense from a, from a health insurance perspective. But what about with respect to our government? Can't our government just purchase whatever they feel is necessary or, or spend whatever money they need for our health care? Oh, well, these, these trade-offs and these opportunity cost problems, they do go all the way uh, to the top, if you will. So beyond the health system, we've got uh, governments, both state governments and our, and our federal government. And what trade-offs are they wrestling with? Well, at the state level, where they often have to balance the budget, as Medicaid costs go up, that means that they have to find that money somewhere. Where does it come from? Well, they could, in, they could increase taxes, but many of them end up stripping the money out of education. They strip it out of fire, police department, everything else that states are responsible for and that we view as a general good, the environment, defense, wherever you want to put it elsewhere, if it has to come into health care, that's the opportunity cost. So that's going on, and it means that we have you know, tremendous pressures at the broader societal level that increasing health care costs are driving. And so you can take it all the way down to the individual doctor-patient decision um, that's multiplied over and over again every day or across the country. And as the costs of those decisions go up, so do the trade-offs required and the ultimate opportunity cost that we're forcing on our society. Yeah, I think when you point out all these different um, trade-offs, it really illustrates all the, the cost of overpriced drugs that, that it's really much greater than initially meets the eye um, when we think about all this higher out-of-pocket spending, higher insurance premiums, higher taxes. Um, and obviously, Steve, you know, our society and our individual patients, we all have finite numbers of dollars to spend on health care. And so every dollar we're spending on health care, as you said, is a dollar we're not spending somewhere else. So, Steve, once again, as a physician taking care of patients in my clinic, what could I do to help my patients think about the trade-offs that they're making when they have to spend their money on drugs and their health care? Oh, there's, this is hard um, because there's so much to do in the exam room with your patient in terms of talking through the clinical trade-offs and the choices and what's going on. Um, but the short answer is um, talk to them. Come to their side of the exam table, view it from their perspective and open up the opportunity to talk about uh, all the different kinds of trade-offs um, that patients are wrestling with. 
So obviously, you know, we, we want to help them not feel guilty about this. So some clinicians decide that it's better to set up, you know, a specific assistant um, in their office to help talk through some of the financial aspects. But just letting patients know that this is a reasonable topic to bring up in the, in the exam room, I think, um, can take us a, a long way to, to helping patients um, address these trade-offs. And by doing so, it's really being professional. The other thing that's professional, I think, is to you know, be cautious a bit about that new drug or the existing treatment, whatever it is that seems really expensive and, and you know, some of the benefits are being touted, but maybe the evidence isn't that strong yet. You know, be professional and, and maybe slow to jump um, before thinking carefully through you know, the value, the evidence and the value for patients and to talk through those kinds of trade-offs with them around you know, maybe a slightly less effective drug would be just as good for them. Um, don't be embarrassed about that. And I think, again, the secret is to talk to patients and not, not treat this as some kind of radioactive topic that can't enter the exam room. It's not easy to do, but if we do it consistently and we do it with an openness to where the patient is, I think it, it, it works out well. That's, I think that's such a great reminder for me because, it, it, as you said, it can feel like such a taboo topic when really if we're just turning a blind eye and not asking about it or not thinking about it, then we're, we're just ignoring potentially a problem and potentially a barrier to our patients actually receiving the treatment we prescribe. So if, if I have a great drug that I recommend for a patient, but the financial cost and the trade-offs that they have to make um, are prohibitive for them to actually go and pick it up, then have I really helped my patient if they never get the drug in the first place? Yeah. The other thing is naming the issue sometimes can dissolve the mystery around it. Um, there are some patients who might come in worried that the doctor is too conscious about costs and might be, you know, rationing care for them. Just name the problem. Just say, hey, let's talk about whether you're concerned about uh, my consideration around costs or I want to talk about what your consideration around costs are. Again, making this part of the normal conversation with patients and taking away some of the pressure and mystery around it, I think is one of the first steps towards helping patients with the trade-offs. So there are other things that doctors can do at the system and even the societal level, but at the, in the exam, I think just making this part of your interaction with your patients is the healthy first step. Terrific, Steve. I think those are very practical recommendations. Thank you for sharing those with us and thank you for your time today. It's been a great conversation. Thank you, Jason. So far in this series, we've talked about financial toxicity and also the trade-offs that we make when we spend more on high-priced prescription drugs. It's clear that drug prices are a problem. They affect our individual patients, as well as all of us, through insurance pools and premiums and taxes. But I have to be honest, I've never really understood who all is involved in setting the prices for prescription drugs and how that affects what my patient has to pay. So that's where we'll go in the next episode of A Prescription for Fair Drug Prices. We'll see you next week.